Sometimes breakfast with Jody and Matho doesn't all fit in between six and nine each morning. So this is where we put the extra bits. All the bits you may have missed. Jody and Matho, the podcast. Anytime you want them on Listener. You just got me for this podcast. Jody's not here. She is crook for today's recording, which is a very big shame. But uh, I know she's going to get well and be back. Uh, fighting bigger and better than ever. This podcast this week was particularly busy. We had a lot of people on, a lot of uh, fun stuff happened. So make sure you sit back, relax, get a nice cup of tea or something and uh, enjoy the podcast. First thing Monday, we got straight into strange headlines. Jody and Matho, the podcast. This one got me San Francisco. 49ers undergo puppy therapy before NFC Championship game. Sorry, puppy therapy? That's right. So, you know when you were doing your baton twirling? Yeah. And you would go into a big final, something like that. Yeah, uh, You'd yeah. pump yourself up shadow boxing to either tiger. These guys are San Francisco 49ers engaged in puppy therapy before, the, before their uh, game coming up, which is tomorrow, against the Detroit Lions. That's so cute. Isn't it cute? The puppy theory is aimed to soothe the player's nerves before a crucial game for the Super Bowl uh, birth. It's kind of also hilarious because they're big guys. They're uh, huge, fridge-sized guys. And they would squeal. <laughs> there would be a lot of <laughs> large man squealing. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Look at Look at little face. Look at this one. Look at this one. The Humane Society of Silicon Valley provided all the dogs. Imagine working there. You just have a room full of dogs. Uh, on TikTok, it just shows a lot of big guys uh, hugging these little puppies. Um, you know, these multi-millionaires just getting the best fun of their life uh, from hugging these dogs. Um, the 49ers last played the uh, Super Bowl in 2020, so they've got to win this game to get through. That's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure on those puppies. Yeah. The puppies are there. It's like, going, oh, man. Oh, got to help these guys today. Rough day in the office today. Got to earn my chum. Got a big one. Uh, the team has, an, uh, has a history of incorporating animal therapy, having adopted two French bullies uh, named Rookie and Zoe in 2018. That's so cute. Isn't that crazy? Uh, the 49ers were the first uh, NFL team to foster emotional support animals, recognising the positive impact of uh, animal therapy on athletes. Oh, I love that. I think we're, we're athletes, pretty much. We are supreme athletes. We get up early. That... I think I need, yeah, it's a, we need emotional an, animal support. We do. Mm. Um, I, uh, I think we might whip down to the, the shelter today and just pick out a couple of pups. Yeah, like 40. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then bring them into work and then uh, everything should be fine. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. the boss will love that. Yeah. Jody and I started talking about online gaming. It turns out my eight-year-old and her partner, who's in his 20s, have a lot in common. But when you have children, you, you think of their future, you know, you think, oh, maybe they, maybe my boy, because he's going to be a big boy, maybe he's going to be an awesome football star. Oh, yeah. Okay. But then they turn around and do something like become gamers, which is exactly what's happened over the, over the school holidays. My youngest, Minnie Matho, has turned into a gamer. That's okay. It's perfectly fine. All the kids are gamers. But what has what's tipped it over the edge is he started playing Fortnite. And I was oh. really on the edge about Fortnite because I don't I don't like it. Personally, I think it's a great game. Um, there's people out there smashing their uh, cast areas at the moment, going, <laughs> on your boomer. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Could play Call of Duty like a man. Anyway, um, so he started playing that and he just loves it because there's all characters and you get to, I mean, I can see why. They spend more time working on the characters and what they look like yeah. than they do actually in the game. There's some pretty cool characters. And he wants on V-Bucks, and, which has been great because I've been able to basically have a slave. He'd just do anything. I said, uh, I'll give you some V-Bucks. He goes, no worries, I'll wash the car. And that's been <laughs> wonderful. 
very clean car. Um, but then we gave him a headset so he could hear the game oh. a bit better. Um, but now he's got some little friends, some little other eight-year-olds that he talks to over the game. <laughs> and when I say talk to, I mean scream at. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, my goodness. I have never heard someone so loud, apart from myself, um, just screaming into a microphone, telling these other kids what to do. Uh, and he's getting very animated about it. We have to go in there all the time and tell him to, to simmer down and just relax just calm down. Those are real human people you're talking to uh, that are also trying to play. And he's like, yeah, okay. I didn't even been talking that loud. Can't even hear himself. He's just screaming into the microphone, the poor bugger. Um, but it works out. I mean, he seems to win his battle royales. See, that's really funny because I, I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Jody. Oh, yes. He's a gamer. Yeah. And his like little gaming office used to be next to our bedroom. Yeah. I had to move him all the way down the other end of the house. Because at like 11, 12 o'clock at night, yeah. he's still playing with these people because he's like, well, yeah, because the Americans get on. And I'm like, don't yell at them. Don't yell at the Americans. Tied it up as it is. <laughs> Jody and Mavo, weekday mornings from 6 on Dubbo's 93.5 Triple M. This is the podcast edition. Jody, we are joined by a, a, a downright celebrity. A racing legend. Regardless if you know racing or not, you know his name. It is Craig Lowndes. Craig, how are you this morning, mate? I'm um, good morning. Thank you for having me on. Is it, uh, we know you, we know your name, uh, but we're not, you know, motor fans first. Uh, do a lot of people go, I know you from somewhere. I just can't <laughs> put your face to something. It does happen at times, actually. It's quite funny. You sort of sometimes go down the street or, you might be sitting on the plane and, and they look at you and they have that double look and like, did you go to school? Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. I know your face, but I can't pinpoint where it is. And sometimes I tell them and sometimes it's fun just to have a bit of, uh, I suppose, a bit of a game with them. You should say, uh, do you want a lift? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give me a lift home if you like. <laughs> It'll be quick. <laughs> now, I'll, oh, actually, I'll do that next time. Yeah. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> now, Craig, uh, of course, we're talking about the Bathurst 12-hour. Um, you've been involved in this. Is this your 11th start? Oh, I think so. It, it's actually, it, it's gone fast. I, I remember when I first went there, uh, I was part of a, an Audi um, outfit. And, and, you know, I remember... The, we start obviously very early in the morning and it's dark and uh, and again it was really early in the in the piece when the twelve hours started coming to Australia and I think there was one person in in a deck chair on the on the opposite side of the pit lane uh, that was brave <laughs> enough to get up early in the morning but now it, it's become a, a, a like a destination it really has there's a lot of European teams that want to come to Australia you know we had Valentino Rossi last year he's back again this year. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're the draw card now for European teams and drivers is really strong. Mm. Now, how does the, you know, the preparation and the mindset differ from, because um, this is obviously an endurance race, how does it differ from uh, other uh, races you've been in, you know, like the Bathurst 1000? Yeah, it's actually quite interesting because there's obviously a lot of supercar drivers that, that contend the 12-hour, and it's, it's quite interesting because obviously it's double the length of a sort of the October traditional Bathurst 1000 so normally when you get to that like that lap 161 which is what we face in October we all look at each other and go well we're only halfway there so um, <laughs> it's it, it's quite interesting that yeah you're right about the mindset because we start in the mo- so early in the morning in the dark 
Um, you've really got to get – it's somewhat similar, but it's just double the length. Uh, you've got to make sure you you know you keep the car straight, you stay out of trouble, you do your sort of routine, you do your strategy, and then, of course, when it comes later in the day, because you're getting close to 300 laps around Bathurst by the end of it, it's, uh, that's when the game's on, and that's where you want to be you know, in a strong position with a strong car. Uh, there's three of us in this current car this year. We've, we've gone to a pro category uh, where the last couple of years I've been pro-am, uh, which has been fun, but uh, now we're, we're looking for the outright win again. Yeah. Something else uh, that I know that you always talk about, uh, and this team has a long-standing association with the Prostate Cancer Foundation of Australia. Can you tell us more about this charity effort? And I, I, I do hear that it uh, is very close to your heart because it's uh, close to your family. It is, and, and it's something that uh, when we joined with Scotty Taylor, who who owns and operates the car, um, and he actually came up with a great idea of, of running a, a charity car a couple of years ago. And, and uh, you know, my wife, Lara, and I brought up the uh, scenario of Prostate Cancer Foundation of Australia because, as you mentioned, it's very close. My father has been through it. My, my older brother has been through it. So that now makes me, oh, I think it's like 10, 12 times more likely to, mm. at some point in my life, maybe encounter it. So it's getting that awareness out there and it's also getting uh, men out there to basically get checked every year, especially if you know it's in your family history like me. Uh, and every year I get it. And it's simple as a blood test. And that's really, it's unfortunately, uh, it's, I suppose, the, the, the old scenario. People think it's a rubber glove mm. um, scenario, but it's not. It's just now getting a blood test every 12 months, especially for me. And... And uh, and just keeping an eye on your PSA, and that's really basically an indicator, and that's what I've been doing for the last probably four or five years now, and uh, and as easy as that. So just trying to get that awareness out there for men, not not to be scared about that side of it, to get the blood test. Lara always says to me that uh, if if the men, because we were very good at being an ostrich and sticking our heads in the sand. Um, getting the wives, the girlfriends, the mums to to basically kick us up the backside and go and getting it. Yeah, yeah, ab- it's, yeah it's, it's a good message. And at the end of the day, you know what? If you if you've got to face the rubber glove, you're going to have to face the rubber glove. I'd rather hear all clear than anything else. So I think it's a fantastic message uh, and a great charity to be a part of. Um, just to get back to racing, you all I could imagine you're the type of person that's like we're just going out to win. Um, <laughs> is everyone on the same? Is this is this the goal? Is it absolute? That's what we're going out to do. We're going out to just floor it and let's uh, take the top spot. Hundred percent, and I think that the difference uh, for, for listeners, the difference between a pro car and a pro am car is that uh, pro am cars you can you know have up to four drivers in in one particular car. Uh, one of those drivers is generally a, like an amateur driver, which is why it's called pro am. Uh, this year uh, we've gone for a pro car, so there's only three of us in this car this year in the, in the Mercedes GT3, uh, and it's actually quite fun to, to pair up with Cam Waters and, and Thomas Randall. I uh, now obviously my other hat in a supercar world is commentating against these guys. I've raced against these guys, but to share a car now uh, with these two, it's been quite fun. We've had a couple of days testing at Sydney Motorsport Park, and, and uh, we're really gelling well. Uh, and it's nice just to to, to uh, you know to mix it up. So uh, somewhat people are saying it's a little bit like the Tigford because they drive for for a Ford brand in supercars, and I'm still um, very heavily connected with GM. So it's almost like a Ford and Holden battle within the one car. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I hear uh, I hear they don't like uh, your, your selection on the radio when they swap out. <laughs> well, they are. I'm, I'm, I am probably a couple of generations older than them. Yeah, don't you so hate that? Music list is probably a little bit different. 
Yeah, no, that's fair enough, mate. Well, we wish you all the best of luck and uh, a safe race. And I hope uh, yeah, you do get the top spot, mate. Good luck with it. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me on. Jody and Mather, the podcast. Yeah, on this week's show, we discuss Jody's long weekend and getting away for a very fancy weekend in Sydney. You went to Sydney for the long weekend. I've I been did. meaning to ask, was it busy? Like, there's heaps of people there. Was it packed? Gosh, it was so busy. Oh, God, I can't do it. So busy. Uh, it, yeah, it was just... <laughs> There were people everywhere. Yeah, right. Um, was it enjoyable though? Was, was oh, it, okay? it was so good. We went to like an all-you-can-eat buffet, seafood, mm. um, and just ate. You know, I ate uh, sixteen the, the, oysters. The ocean. Yeah, I ate the whole o- ocean. Uh, <laughs> There's nothing left. It's been overfished. It was great. <laughs> great time because of Jody. And on Sunday yesterday, uh, before we uh, flew back to Dubbo, we went to we went out for um, you know brekkie with some friends from Sydney. Lovely. And because uh, we, we were staying in uh, the North Shore, so we went to, you know, fancy cafe, the people walking their dogs everywhere. So we're just mm. kind of dog watching, which mm-hmm. was nice. Okay. Uh, we went to this little cafe and um, uh, we were ordering our food and this lady comes out and I think she was from Portugal. Okay, that was very specific. Yeah, that's that's the vibe that she I was had a, I love Portugal t-shirt on. Yeah, she did, she did. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was beautiful. She was very lovely. Yeah. Um, and when my partner was ordering... Um, his meal, <laughs> he ordered a like a caramel latte. This is Mr. Jody. This is Mr. Jody. He's ordered a caramel latte. He, oh yeah, he ordered a caramel latte, um, and the lady said to, "Sorry, can you just say it one more time?" And he goes, uh, "Just a caramel latte." And she was like, "Sorry, sorry, can you point it out of the menu?" And because it had latte, but caramel, caramel was shot. like all the way down the bottom. And he was like, "Oh, just the the latte with caramel." And she was like. Sorry, sorry. And she looked at me and I was like, just a caramel latte. <laughs> and she looked at my friend who's from North Sydney oh. and she went, a caramel latte. Like it's just some different accent came out and she was like, oh, okay, got it. <laughs> Going from uh, <laughs> the Bogan uh, Dubbo accent yeah. to the North Shore accent. You're going, caramel, all she heard was caramel latte. Caramel latte. And I was like, who's, I, ca- who's caramel latte? I thought we said that like... Fine. She was like, oh, latte caramel. Oh. oh this is backward talking The place. latte, the caramel comes last. No, I get it. <laughs> old Sydney's getting a bit too fancy for me. It is. Jody and Matho. Anytime you want them on Listener. Earlier in the week, we did strange headlines where I find a headline from around the world that's a little bit weird. We talk about it and we spoke about the 49ers, the NFL team that had puppy therapy before their big game. Well, it turns out it might have worked. Jody, yesterday we did uh, Strange Headlines. Yes, yes. And I thought it was just a throwaway thing that the uh, San Francisco 49ers used uh, puppies in a sort of a de-stress therapy. Which I love. I think everyone needs it. So they got all these puppies, these massive fridge-like players, and they just <laughs> and they just hung out with these puppies to de-stress them. And I thought, oh, that's going to make them soft and they're going to get thumped. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't even think of it. Yesterday, I was flicking through the 100,000 channels that I've got that I can't find anything on, uh, and it had the NFL. And I thought, oh, it's the game. It's the game. We've got to watch it. Got to see how our boys are doing. Turn it on. Almost half time, and the 49ers are getting thrashed. Oh, not doing good. They're not. And I thought, yeah, no, puppy therapy may not work <laughs> for a very serious game that they take. And gosh, they take that game seriously. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. No one is chilling at all. <laughs> no one's taking any pills. Everyone's just in their face. Thought nothing of it, came back to it at the end of the game, and they'd won. 
Wow. The 49ers actually got up and I thought, maybe puppy power does work. Yeah. Do you think like during that halftime, their pep talk was like, think of the puppies. Think of the puppies. I think they brought one Go out. Go to your happy place. And then I went, oh. Oh, done. <laughs> done. All right. I'll do it for you, That's spot. all we need. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the uh, they play the Chiefs. They do. Um, which is no context for me. Uh, at the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, which I'm assuming is going to be uh, a couple of days of very quiet uh, days in Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah, just everyone real chill. Yeah. And just, uh, no, it's going to be wild. It would be good to be a fly on the wall. It goes for like four hours, right? It uh, It's not supposed to, but they do timeouts and everything. When I watched it, they did two timeouts in a row. And I thought, I can't. I can't. No wonder. I, AFL and NRL have got me spoiled because the action just keeps going. Yeah. This it's just it's just so concentrated down to the last oh. inch and it's just like oh man it's just too much detail for me. <laughs> uh but if you want to catch the uh, Super Bowl it is on February 12th. Uh it's in Las Vegas if you want to go. Oh thanks. Yeah. I I'm don't like... think you can get a ticket now. But Usher Usher is performing at the halftime show. Usher Usher. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you're man. old school, if you uh, had to dance these songs at the club back in the day, he is performing. And also, this is, if you're wondering why uh, you've seen Taylor Swift in NFL recently, it's because Taylor Swift is dating one of the uh, one of the NFL stars. Yeah, Travis Kels. Yeah. I don't know which team he plays in. I think the Chiefs. I think it's the Chiefs, yeah. It's the Chiefs, yeah. Um, and it's like, that's a big bucket of who cares. But that's why she keeps coming up. <laughs> so many people, they either care because they love it or they care because they absolutely hate it. Yeah, they are just the insufferable couple that turn up to your dinner party think, why do we have to invite them? Oh. They're so rich and famous. <laughs> I feel so bad about myself. They look so much better than everyone does. Like, what? what? Damn it. Damn, Damn it. it. Why can't I have a number one hit? <laughs> Jody and Mather. Weekday mornings from 6 on Dubbo's 93.5 Triple M. This is the podcast edition. With the Bathurst 12 hour just around the corner, we were speaking to quite a few race car drivers. We'd spoken to Craig Lowndes earlier in the week. Now we're speaking to another champion of the racetrack, Tom Randell. How did you end up with Craig Lowndes uh, and Cam Waters, from, uh, which is your Tickford teammate, for the Bathurst 12 hour and all considering that this is your 12 hour debut? Look, it's uh, it's a pretty amazing opportunity. I've probably conned my way into into it, to be honest. Good, uh, but, good. Uh, look, look, um, Scotty Taylor, he he owns the car, and uh, Ash Seawood Motor thought they run an, a great program down in Melbourne. And uh, yeah, look, I've known obviously Cam Waters for a long time, and, and we've we've been teammates for for a few years now, and we'll be teammates again this year at Tickford. And uh, yeah, when the opportunity came about from Scotty, yeah, I really couldn't turn it down. And I've driven these sorts of cars a fair bit and high aero cars. Uh, I used to live in England racing in open wheels. So, oh. yeah, quite used to racing high downforce cars. But, um, look, to be teaming up with Craig Lowndes, I mean, how many people get to say that? So it's, it's a, a great opportunity. I've always wanted to do the 12-hour. We're doing it in an all-pro lineup. I think it's just going to be fantastic. So I can't wait to get there. We've already done two uh, practice days, two test days. Um, we've got one more, but just to be able to work very closely with, with those guys, uh, you know, engineers uh, are, are fantastic as well, Brendan Hogan uh, and Mirko. Um, I just think it's going to be a, a really great opportunity. And, and not only that, it's going to be a lot of fun, and that's the main thing. So, yeah, can't wait to get there. Two weekends in a row as well. So we've got the 12-hour on, on the first weekend, which I think is the 16th to 18th of Feb, and then, 
we're back there the following weekend for the opening round of the Supercars Championship. Now, you're driving this, uh, I, I saw a picture of it, and I don't know a lot of race cars, but I saw the picture of the, the Mercedes-AMG uh, GT3. That looks like a rocket ship. How fast are you going down the straight with, in the AMG? I think the AMG at the 12th hour, uh, down Conrod Straight, will probably be, I reckon, about 280, 285. So... It sounds fast, but then you hop in a V8 supercar and you're doing about 300. So the supercar oh, yeah, is no. a bit, bit faster than a straight line, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's just speeds I have no I, no idea about. I, I just got chills. <laughs> like, because yeah. that, that's just, it's steep. It is, that's, well, that's all I know is that it's really steep going down it. And yeah. I go down in a havel. So. <laughs> uh, now the race is just around the corner, February 16 to 18, which you said. What are your expectations? Speak to Craig Lands. He said nothing but first. Uh, I'm assuming that you're in the same boat. <laughs> I mean, I've got to be. You know, if that's what Lands is saying. You know, yeah. No pressure. <laughs> so thanks, Craig. But um, look, yeah, we'll just try and do the best job we can. I know it probably sounds very cliche, but it's one of those races where it's going to come down to who makes the least amount of mistakes. So if we can minimise that and just tick the boxes, you know, dot the I's, cross the T's, all that sort of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of rules and regulations you've got to follow, sporting rules, you know, how you do pit stops, all that sort of stuff. And obviously want to keep the car on the black stuff and be fast. That's, you know, it all sounds pretty easy on paper, but when you've got, you know, 20 other GD3s out there, and I mean, there's some great competition that's coming over from Europe, as there always is. You know, this is a round of the Intercontinental GD World Challenge. So you get some big names, some great teams. You know, Valentino Rossi's coming out again for a second year in a row. Uh, you know, you've got Marcello, you've got heaps of guys that come out for this race. So, um, yeah, it's it's not going to be easy, that's for sure, but we'll, we'll just try and do the best job we can and, and, you know, who knows where we end up. Yeah, good on yeah, you, mate. Absolutely. Very appreciated and, uh, yeah, good luck with the race. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. Jody and Matho. Anytime you want them on Listener. I can speak on Jody's behalf when I say this. The race car drivers that we spoke to for the Bathurst 12 Hours were fantastic. They gave up so much of their time. Very busy people, and uh, we just thank them so much, and hopefully we can speak to them in the future. Someone else who's lovely to talk to is our tech guru, Trevor Long. We speak to him on Tuesdays. It's always a lot of fun. This time when we spoke to him, he kicked it off talking about overseas travel and mobile phone data. It used to be you know, 10, 15 years ago, we'd do a stories on The Current Affair about how someone got a $10,000 bill from being overseas. That doesn't happen anymore. We're in a good space. But you do need to pre-plan these things. And all the telcos now have roaming add-ons, essentially, and even the, some of the more affordable ones like Boost and Kogan. But Telstra, Optus, Vodafone have a, like a per-day rate. You pay 10 bucks a day or 5 bucks a day, whatever it might be. Now, no shock, Vodafone have released this data because they have, frankly, the best deal at $5 a day where you basically get your normal normal mobile phone plan when you're overseas. But see, Telstra and, and Optus have like 100 megabytes a day. Well, it turns out the average usage is now over 100 megabytes per day. And that's what's driving now the concern around, you know, have you got enough to get you through the day? Do you need to top that up again with another data pack? So it's really a word of warning that, you know, we are using more, our apps use more, we have to plan for when we travel. Um, but there's good options out there. You just need to put it into your budget for when your next trip comes around. Yeah, 100, 100 meg, that is just walking around data. Is it? That's yeah, right. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. not I mean, even, it's not surfing the net. It's not really doing anything. A lot anything. of us don't think about it, but the average user in Australia uses something like 13 gig a month. Now, that's actually not a lot when you compare to what you're actually getting access to. But if you were to use that overseas on those plans, it's 
pretty wild. Now, the good news is if you're with Vodafone like I am, I pay five bucks and I can use a gigabyte in a day. It doesn't matter. As long as I have that gigabyte in my normal plan, no dramas at all. Okay. But be warned, with other telcos, it's much more limiting. Yep, no, good word oh, of advice there. I'm going to search out a Macca's for their free Wi-Fi then. <laughs> Wi-Fi. Now, Apple's are being forced to make some major changes. Yeah, they have in Europe. Once again, the European Union is setting legislation for the world. This time, these changes are only for Europe, but I just foreshadow that they could well come here if the ACCC get their way. Um, Europe said we need uh, more competition in the app space. We've introduced the Digital Markets Act. And basically that said, the app store is a monopoly. You need to give people choice. You have to give people choice over browsers and apps. And so there's now the ability uh, coming next month for other apps to be basically delivered through a new app store. And so a company can create its own app store and then deliver its own apps. But but here's what Apple did. They went, sure, sure, cool, cool. Um, that's dangerous. It's it's uh, concerning for people's privacy and security. So we don't recommend it. But if you do do that, um, app maker, you need to charge. You need to pay fifty cents per app to us. And the problem is that's way more than the 30% they had to pay to Apple when they sold things through the App Store. So Apple's kind of snookered them here, and I think it's smart. Um, I don't know that it's it's what the app developers wanted. I know the Spotify CEO is up in arms about it. But basically, the European Union setting new rules that the rest of the world's going to have to follow at some point. First the charges, now the App Store. There Gosh, you go. Unreal. <laughs> Uh, now, Optus have done an, another thing where it's just made customers feel amazing about being a part of them. Uh, they've had a tenfold jump in the number of triple zero calls that have failed. On uh, November the 8th last year, when their network went down, they said triple zero is fine. And then they said triple zero is not working on landlines, but it's fine on mobiles. And then they said, actually, it's not working really anywhere. Um, and, and then they told the Senate through an investigation that there were 229 calls that failed to triple zero. And that's like, that's not good. Well, this week they've said, actually, <clears throat> just uh, clearing the throat, um, it's actually 2,468 oh. extra people. So it's now 2,700-odd people or calls that did not go through to triple zero. Now, that's bad. It's it's good that Optus have been transparent to announce this. Uh, they would have had to announce it anyway because the ACCC or ACMA would have made, them, made it public anyway. But the thing is, they've said, we're going to write to all those people and do a welfare check. Hey, 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 why don't you ring them? There's an idea. Yeah. Why doesn't the yeah. CEO pick up the phone and ring a few people and get a bit of a sense of how Optus customers feel about Optus, as well as checking whether they're still alive? <laughs> yeah. Jody and Mather, weekday mornings from 6 on Dubbo's 93.5 Triple M. This is the podcast edition. Thanks to Trevor Long. We'll touch to him on Tuesdays, as we always do. Now, the worst part of being married to me is not the kissing, uh, it's not the bad jokes, it's that anything that you do or say can be used on radio, and this story is no different. I was chatting with Mrs. Matho, as I do. Uh, we have our little chats together, and uh, it's always fun. And we were watching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yes. Or, yes, yes, yes. Actually, we'd finished watching the second one, and we both looked at each other and went, what was that? <laughs> uh, and, and Minnie Matthews like, oh, it's so cool. And he said, can we watch the first one? And I went, yeah, no worries. Oh, you're going to watch number two and then watch number one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter at this moment because it's all just one Spider-Verse to me. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> um, anyway, at the end of it, um, the music starts. Now, With like with a lot of movies, there's theme songs. And, you know, parents know they know theme songs because the kids watch the movie all the time. Yeah, yeah. Over and over and over and over again, right? So in the last film, 
uh, there was an artist that wrote a song called um, oh, I forgot, like Sunflower. Oh yes, Sunflower. yes, yes, yes. And um, huge song, and little man loved it, and he used to have to play it all the time. In the second um, film, it sounds like the same artist, but it's not. It's just the same horrible music. <laughs> and and I know who the artist is. You know who the artist yeah. is. But my wife said, "Is it is it still Pat Malone that does it?" And I had to stop for a second because I couldn't believe what she said. Pat Malone. Pat Malone. Do you mean Post Malone? She goes, yes. Is it Pat Malone is Aussie rhyming slang for alone on my Pat Malone. Uh, and you see it's a Pat Malone that's doing the music. It's Post Malone. <laughs> you crazy old lady. And I'm absolutely killing myself. And she goes, don't use it tomorrow on air. I said, babe, it's already locked in. It's a lock for tomorrow. <laughs> Jody and Matho. Anytime you want them on Listener. And if you're wondering, I'm still sleeping on the couch. Hey, uh, weird headlines are everywhere around the world, and this headline got me, and it just gets under my skin, these types of stories. I'm just never that lucky. It is this headline and headlines like these that drive me absolutely crazy. A vase, or a vase if you're nasty, uh, purchased for $3.99, sold for more than $100,000 at auction. Why does that annoy you? Because... You I don't like lie. lucky people. I just don't like them. Okay. <laughs> I don't like informed lucky people uh, that can walk in somewhere and go, oh, I'll buy that for $1 and then sell it for a million dollars. I just, it drives me insane because <laughs> I'm jealous. It's jealousy. Is what you know, you too can do that. No, I can't. Oh, well, I would never know. I'd be the one selling it going, yeah, yeah. get this out of my house. Yep. This is a dumb, dumb vase. It's got all this uh, Ming Chinese writing all over it. I don't want it. You know, it says bone china on the uh, bottom, and I, I don't know. want it. It's 1566. I have no idea. Uh, anyway, a person bought this glass of vase for three ninety nine at Goodwill in uh, in the states in Richmond, Virginia. Then later, was crafted by famous Italian glass designer Carlo Scarpa. Oh, Carlo, uh, we don't know his work very well. Yeah, yeah. He made the uh, peanut butter jars that were actually glasses. Yeah, <laughs> it's not true, Jody. Don't get sucked into it. Yeah, and then started auction for more than $100,000. You know, people at op shops, like at Vinnie's and stuff, surely they go through it. See, that's what I think. Surely if I worked at like a Vinnie's or, you know, a Salvo's or, or one of the op shops, I would like pull out my phone for every single item. Every single just, thing. Yeah. And just see if it's on eBay just for like for $5 million or Check something. Check it out. Yeah, just just do that. My, I have a family friend that does the garage sales. Really? Yeah, and she goes around to them every uh, Saturday morning. And she gets some pretty good things. You know what annoys me? I had a I had a garage sale once. This is my this is me. This is my luck, right? Yeah. I had because we were moving, right? So we had a garage sale, and at the front of the house, next to sort of the garage where the garage sale was, but not sort of off to the side, was a skip bin, and I had filled that up with a lot of toys that my boy didn't want anymore, and Mrs. Mathe said, um, "You sure you don't want to try and sell them?" And there was heaps. They're all loose figurines. Oh, so I have no interest in them. Through my that. I had a guy go through and nearly pick out every single one of them. He goes, "Do you want any money for these?" And I, they were in the bin. I couldn't say yes. I said no. Just take them. I would have said yes. Hundred bucks. Yeah. No, I sold him a vase too for about four bucks. <laughs> Jody and Mado, the podcast.
You know, the generation I grew up in, we grew up with video games and it was really cool. But the thing that really gets me now about video games is that you buy things inside the game with real money. I really can't get my head around it, but the kids, like my eight-year-old, they just love it and right into it. And the impulse to buy things inside the game overtook my little boy, the poor little man, and he got himself into a little bit of trouble. So I was wondering whether or not to actually share this story, but I think it's a story that other parents can relate to. Relate to. Yeah. Yesterday, uh, my wife, fairly distraught, we get uh, notifications when our uh, money's been spent out of, out of our accounts. Yeah, yeah. And we get two yesterday, and I I was lying, like I was lying down on the couch, like I was zoned. It was after work, and I was just in my zone. 2 p.m. now? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mrs. Matho, not in that zone, in all of a sudden <laughs> in the uh, fret zone, what had happened was the young man playing Fortnite had bought himself some V-Bucks. Oh, no. Uh, he bought $40 worth of V-Bucks, yeah. which is like more than we usually give him, you know what I mean? And it wasn't just a mistake. He kind of, I think he kind of knew what he was doing, but you know, he's only eight. What can it get you? It just buys you in-game things like skins, like... Oh, like clothing. And, and, and sort of weapons and things like that. Yeah. Right. And, and characters, that type of thing. Totally intangible, very difficult for me to get my head around that that would be something of value, but it is for the kids. So it's something, you know, they can work towards. Yeah. And that's usually what it is. At the end of the week, he does get money to, if he wanted to, spend it on V-Bucks, uh, if he's, you know, done his chores and all the rest of it. Uh, but it's the end of holidays, impulse control, yeah. low, you know, he's been on the, he's met some people online too. He's trying that, to impress. That we've vetted. Let's not get worried about it. Um, and other young kids. And, yeah, trying to impress and just wanted these particular things. So we went through all that with him. Yeah. And thought, you know what? It's a mistake. It's a mistake. $40. It did uh, prevent him from getting a haircut, so we're not too sure whether or not that was actually strategic. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I thought, oh, maybe that's not too bad. And we thought, how bad has it got for some parents? Yeah, well, I remember this story in like 2020 yeah. of uh, a kid spent $20,000 on gaming over 17 wow. days. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, $40. Over 17 days. Yeah, $40 to $20,000. Ooh. Good grief. Um, and the, the, his mum, obviously, she only checks her account that has that much money in it every couple of weeks. So she didn't realize until this was all coming out, and then when she finally decided, like, finally checked her account, That's there's like crazy. I think it was it was nineteen thousand eight hundred and seventy dollars and ninety four cents. That's crazy on Fortnite. I, thankfully, I've got a system, a protocol uh, in place to stop uh, all that money coming out. It's called being broke. <laughs> Jody and Mather weekday mornings from six on Dubbo's ninety three point five Triple M. This is the podcast edition. The Bathurst 12-hour featured heavily this week, and we've got another opportunity to speak to another fantastic driver, Cam Waters. Do you consider yourself to be in the dream team? Uh, well, definitely pairing up with Craig Lowndes and, <laughs> um, and Tom. It'll be, it'll be pretty cool. It should be a fun weekend. And, um, yeah, we've been pretty quick in, in testing, so... Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's a dream team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, Craig Lowndes would say, number one, you guys are going to take out first, so... Yeah, he was, gotta, adamant. He's he was adamant. adamant that it's uh, first on the podium, mate. It's, uh, it's a bit of pressure. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure coming from, uh, from Craig, to <laughs> say that. But, um, yeah, look, we're just trying to get through testing, make sure, you know, 
everything's um, ticked off, we're fast, you know, done all the, the little things that can catch you off guard and it's a long race. So yeah, I think um, I think we're, you know, well positioned. Yeah, well, of course. It's, well, it's not new to you. Uh, you first started doing this uh, race in 2018. What's Have you seen an evolution over that time or is it pretty much you know exactly what you're getting into every time you do this race? Um, yeah, I did one in 2018, had a couple of years off, and then I think I did another one in 2021, I think it was. So I've done the race twice, um, and obviously I've done a lot of racing in the supercar. So, uh, yeah, I just treat it as an, another race. Obviously, the rules are a little bit different compared to the supercar stuff, and um, the cars are, are very different. So there is a few things which you have to learn um, and make sure, you, you know, you you don't follow the you know the wrong set of rules but mm. um yeah, the race i think has definitely gotten bigger across you know the time uh, from 2018 to 2021 you know i think covid knocked it around a little bit but i think it's um it's back bigger than ever now yeah of course and as we were saying before you're obviously teaming up um with tom who's making his debut and Lounsey, who's well seasoned uh, to the 12 hour what's it like working with them um well i get to work with tom you know, a fair bit with the supercar program. Um, he's a great guy. I get along with him really well. It's his first GT round. Um, well, actually, it might be his second, but he's, it's his first 12-hour. So um, he's kind of new to the whole GT scene, but he's done a lot of um, open-wheeler, like high aero cars before. So he'll be fast. And um, I've raced against Craig quite a lot in the supercars, but never, never teamed up with him. So it'll be cool to, you know, see how Craig goes about his, He's, you know, racing and his business and, um, you know, he's a, obviously a pro, he's a massive name and, um, yeah, it'd just be cool to kind of team up with both of them and we'll have a fun week up at Bathurst and hopefully we can uh, bring home the big trophy. Now we've been, uh, obviously we spoke to Craig Lowndes and he was talking a lot about uh, the charity for prostate cancer. Um, you know, obviously we want to make it very, very aware that, um, that it can um, impact anyone and everyone. Yeah, so um, it's great to have the prostate cancer um, council on the on the car to raise awareness for that. And um, I think you know Scott, who owns the car, and Craig over the last few years have um, have run it like that. So for me, it's it's cool to you know be a part of that and try and raise a bit of awareness and and you know get anyone. So um, yeah, hopefully we can raise plenty of awareness and um, we can get a trophy and get it in the mainstream media. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that's no, fantastic, mate. Uh, well, all the best of luck, uh, Cam Waters. We really do appreciate your time, and we hope uh, you and the boys finish first, mate. So uh, good luck with the race, and uh, have a safe one. Thanks, guys. Jody and Matho. Anytime you want them on Listener. Cam Waters, great chat, and uh, thank you so much for giving up your time. Someone that gives up their time every couple of weeks is the Mayor of Dubbo, Matthew Dickerson. We spoke to him this week, kicked it off talking about the big wind farm being built. There are 37 projects either underway, under construction, in planning, etc., around the renewable energy zone area. One of those is the Kerr's Creek Wind Farm. Now, it's about 100 kilometres from Dubbo towards Orange. Last night, we actually had a meeting at the Eucarina Soldiers Memorial Hall. We had probably 60, maybe even 70 people turn up to that. But Rez came along and gave a presentation to people there about the Kerr's Creek Wind Farm, just to get an idea about where it will sit and how it will operate. 
And, of course, the Community Benefits Fund is one thing that people are always interested in to see what benefits the community can gain out of that. It was good. Lots of discussion around a whole range of things and good to see the Eucharina community very engaged and very focused on outcomes. Now, something else uh, out for a small community is Alcane is looking for gold in their hills. They are. And they've actually found a bit of gold. This goes back to, well, probably 150, maybe almost 200 years ago when Gold around the Wellington area was a big thing, especially around the Stewarton area. A lot of people were mining for gold. So we know there has been gold in those areas. And, of course, there have been various mines over the years, but nothing really active for a long time. I, I want to say almost 100 years since there's been really active gold mining. So Alkay knows there's some gold around the Kumabella Badangra area. They've actually started now. Over the next two months, if you're out around that area, you'd probably see some companies out there or a company doing some core samplings and then they'll make a decision as to whether or not they actually start mining for gold out there. If they do, it'll be good for our area. There'll be more employment, obviously, more income for our area. And again, gold mining, I think with Alcane, we've seen in the past that they are good, responsible corporate citizens. So I think that'd be fantastic for the area. So keep an eye out for some of that core drilling out there. Jody and Matho, the podcast. And again, thanks to the Mayor of Dubbo, Matthew Dickerson. Very knowledgeable man. But would he know how many nuggets you have to eat until you paralysed yourself? Well, we found out in What's Trending This Week. Well, it's it's kind of an old uh, sort of thing that happened in 2019. Yeah. But it's popped back up again. And why has it popped back up? This I'm not too sure. Okay, right here. Um, But it's about a man who was paralysed for eating a number of nu- chicken nuggets. Okay, so was the punishment being paralysed or was he paralysed from the nuggets? So he ate uh, 413 chicken nuggets in an hour. That is a big meal. He was just chilling, having lunch at Mac- like McDonald's and thought, you know, I've eaten 200 nuggets in an hour before. Mm-hmm. Let's double it and let's eat an extra 13. That's crazy. Yeah, in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a lot of the comments are, you know, uh, there's a few that are upset that he's eaten, you know, that many chicken nuggets. There are a few that were quite upset that he's wasted that many chicken nuggets. Because you could waste them. Yeah, but you're eating them in an hour. You're not enjoying them. Saving the moment. But my favorite comment was okay, so he's eaten. 413, mm-hmm. so 412 is the line. That's a sweet spot. Yeah, it's a sweet spot. Between paralysed and not paralysed. <laughs> um, I wonder what you get paralysed from. Is it chicken poisoning? Is it tapioca poisoning? Is it... Yeah, the gluten. Like, do you, yeah. Can you get gluten poisoning? I'm pretty sure my wife tries all the time. Yeah. You try a few times I too. I try a few times. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, okay, does it come with a Coke? 413 chicken nuggets and some chips? Yeah, that would be nice. They should do, you know how like they have like the steakhouses and it's like if you yeah. can eat like 6,000 kilos of meat mm-hmm. in like an hour, you get the meal for free? Do you reckon you got one of those pack of uh, weird McDonald's biscuits that no one ever buys? Yeah. I love them. Do you? I'm the only one that buys them. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to eat 413 of those and be happy, <laughs> content. Such a good happy meal. I'm sure you can't move your arms, but it's a happy meal. Yeah. Jody and Mather, weekday mornings from 6 on Dubbo's 93.5 Triple M. This is the podcast edition. From the sublime to the ridiculous, this isn't about nuggets, but it is about a nugget of gold that I found on the internet about a man that tried to get away from his wife, but ended up with the most ironic punishment ever. Jody, you've taught 
English, haven't you, at a, at a high school or a primary school? Yes, yes. So you know what irony is. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to run this past you and let me know if you can pick up any ironic uh, themes. Okay, okay. Lawrence John Ripple, a seven-year-old man from Kansas City, was sentenced to six months of home detention for robbing a bank in the hope of escaping his wife while in jail. Oh! <laughs> so the irony there, kids, is uh, sometimes crime doesn't pay. No. And it certainly hasn't this time. Uh, poor old Lawrence. So why is trying to escape his wife? Yeah, well, he wrote a note saying he'd rather be in jail than with his wife, to his wife. Oh. Which is not a good day for her. It turns out apparently he was on some bad medication for his heart and he, and he got super, super depressed and, and you know, a bit messed up in the in the head. Yeah. Sometimes medication can do. Apparently that's all sort of that. And the court was very lenient on him because he really, he robbed a bank. He, he should have gone to jail for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they've been very lenient. And, I uh, mean. And, well, maybe not. Given his six months six and months a few of years. silent treatment, I'd rather be shanked in the, in the yard oh, than get gosh, six months of that. Jody and Matho, the podcast. Yeah, a sweet lesson in irony there. You know what else we found out this week about me? I, I don't like frogs, okay? I just don't like them. And there was a frog in the house and it caused a lot of problems. Jody, last night, uh, me and the boy, Minnie Matho, we were having a bachelor night because Mrs. Matho was away at dinner with a girlfriend. Oh, yes. Uh, the other kids, they're away as well. So it's just us two. Shirts off. Homemade tats, the whole bit, yeah, and, love and it. jelly. It was fantastic. We made a fort in the lounge room. It was really Cute. cool. Uh, but because we're in a fort, my my head was facing the opposite way from the television. He was watching How to Train Your Dragon series. I'd seen it a million times uh, yep, yep. in my own personal life. So I was, I was facing the other way. <clears throat> and you know when like there's only the light of the television and you think you see something out of the corner of your eye? Oh, yeah. And you it, do and the it double take? You. I did a double take. Unfortunately, there was something there, Jodes. Oh, no. Halfway up the wall, there was an object. I couldn't make it out. A weird object. And so I had to shine a light. So I got my phone, shined a light on it. Still couldn't work out exactly what it was. Then its tiny little amphibious foot moved. It was a frog inside my a house. frog. Inside my house, like a like a green tree frog. I did think you were going to say like this huge, massive, like spider, but no, it's a frog. A frog, which are a hundred percent grosser than, <laughs> than spiders, in my humble opinion. Uh, it's all pretty bad. So I freaked out. I called my mother-in-law because she can handle them. Because because you know yeah, she's a well, she's witch. Had to, she's had to grab so many and put them in the cauldron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she's just so used to yeah. them by now. And I thought, oh gosh, uh, what am I going to do? Well, anyway, the frog started climbing up the wall, which freaked me out. Freaked the little man out. We're both still shirtless, of course, uh, at this stage. Anyway, homemade tats still going. <laughs> homemade tats. Uh, it got almost to the ceiling and it's touching the ceiling with its gross little foot. And then it just fell from the ceiling. <gasps> and then we looked over the back of the couch because the couch is kind of uh, curved. Yeah. But it's on a corner wall. So there's this gap. And I looked down. Firstly, I had to uh, scold Minnie Matho because there was a hamburger bun uh, <laughs> right next to the frog. Because he goes, where is it? I said, right next to the hamburger bun. What are you doing? And he's like, killing himself laughing. <laughs> this is not a collection out here. And I shine the light on and there the frog is. Okay, is it alive? Okay. Alive, just perfectly oh. sitting there. A bit terrified, I well, think. He's got a snack now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought, you just pulled out a, uh, a, a bottle of mustard. Really weird. <laughs> anyway, I thought, okay, well, hopefully the dogs haven't gone anywhere near it because, um, you know, I, I don't want anything bad to happen to the frog. Of course. Not cool with it. I look over to Buddy, the uh, pug cross bulldog, 
and yeah. he is drooling like a St. Bernard. Oh, no. And I went, this dog that never drools. Chonka Chonk's got his drool on. Turns out the way it probably got into the house was in Chonka Chonk's mouth. <gasps> when tree frog, green tree frogs get stressed, as I found out from uh, a vet website here in Dubbo, they secrete something that makes dogs feel very sick. It's quite toxic to them. And he looked, have you ever... Uh, seen someone get really bad car sickness. Oh yeah, <laughs> he looks so up. He looks so, so depressed, and the drool was just. Oh, it was just gosh. slobber chops. It's making me yeah, like, like yeah. his mouth. He, he was a picture of your mouth watering. That poor dog oh. rang the vet uh, after hours. Got to the vet nurse. Had to wash his mouth out. <laughs> with a cloth. Like if you said a bad word. Yeah, no. Yes, yes, sorry. Oh, wash your mouth. Um, and uh, that was pretty gross because it was all sort of membrane in his Aww. mouth. It was bad. I felt bad for him. Poor so he put puppy. him on the couch and, he, and uh, he survived this morning. He is part frog now, though. Yeah. <laughs> Jody and Matho. Anytime you want him on Listener. I have not let that story down at all. You'll be pleased to know plenty of people giving me curry about being scared of a little green tree frog. But someone who I think would not be afraid at all of a little frog is Millie Elliott. She joined us to talk about her fantastic program. Yes, I am. I'm bringing our Game Changer workshops, which I have been running in more of those metro city areas around other, um, you know, bigger NRL clubs. But for me, growing up with someone with a disability, my younger sister has um, Down syndrome and my, my husband, his older brother, James, has autism. Um, and we both come from, you know, small, smaller regional areas and having a program for someone for everyone to be included is I find really important and something that doesn't really get done too often. And so the Game Changer workshops are kind of like a holistic wellbeing overall um, workshop. We spend an hour indoors uh, focusing on our um, goal setting, our confidence building, and then just getting them active to get back into the community. Um, and then we also head outside and, and, and talk about uh, sorry, and we action that and we, we do all of our physical and um, our out- outdoor activities as well. Now, you're going to be here in Dubbo on the 15th of February at Apex Oval. Who is eligible to come down and, and train with you guys? Um, yeah, so we've got a an over-18s program and we've also got an under-18s um, program as well. Um, and it, that's for any age. We're, we're not... Um, no barriers, um, and so anyone with an, uh, a disability, whether that's physical, intellectual, um, if it, if they have any accessibility requirements, we, we're really um, inclusive to all, and um, it's all free. There's no cost. Uh, you get there will be myself and Keely Davis there, another um, Sky Blues player, and yeah, we just really encourage everyone to get down and to enjoy it. Millie, for you personally, what do you get out of it? Oh, I this has always been one of my, um, not one of my, my main passion outside of footy. It's something I've always been um, involved in, and wh- whether I'm coming and going, I always find myself back to doing work or volunteering in in this space. So it's something that obviously is very close to my heart, um, being a family member, and it's um, I find that. Doing it for people, it's not only great for the participants, but as family members, I know how important it is to have programs like this. 
That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. About right. Uh, Millie, thank you so much uh, for joining us. We know that you're a busy lady getting around the state and around the country. We really appreciate your time. And um, we will see you down at Apex Oval Thursday, the 15th of February. If people want some more information, where should they go? You can head to our web- website, uh, trainergroupfoundation.org. Um, and you'll find everything on there. Jody and Matho. Anytime you want them on Listener. We chatted to a lot of people this week. Millie Elliott, fantastic chat and a fantastic program that she's running there. Very successful here in Dubbo. Someone else who we get to chat to, we always have a lot of fun, is Shane A. Bassett, movie and streaming guru extraordinaire. This week, the first movie we talked about, Argyle, not a fan. No, I'm not. I was really disappointed. <laughs> and I actually don't know what I was expecting, guys, because in February, it's notorious for movies to be sort of dumped into cinemas or television shows to come out that aren't expected to do that well. They're like leftovers from the Christmas New Year break. It's just what happens every February. And our goal is full of terrific actors and just like celebrities, including Sam Rockwell, Samuel L. Jackson, Henry Cavill, John Cena, among others, Brian Cranston. But it's just so silly and over the top and makes no sense. I think it's like watching money burn on screen. The huge box office, like the huge budget that they've spent on it, it should have been better than it is. It's just awful. Uh, it's about a, a character who's written in fictional, like in a book, and the, no, the novelist is writing this character who she loves and adores, and it's come manifests into real life, played by Henry Cavill. And he's a spy and he goes around and starts, you know, having adventures. And every time she writes new chapters, they come to life. And that's that's it. You know, it's really a tough watch. I didn't enjoy it much at all. And it's too long. It's nearly two and a half hours long. And it could have been cut by a good 45 minutes. That might have made it a bit better. Jodie is devastated. I'm she, really sad about that. I think she's got to think for Henry. It's not Henry the Cabell. worst thing I've ever seen, Jodie, but it is, you'll, you'll know what I mean. It's just way, way over, overcooked. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, tell us about uh, Master Gardener then. Hopefully that's a little bit better. Oh, it is. It's actually a masterpiece compared to Argyle. Um, Joel Edgerton, he plays a great Aussie actor, of course. Uh, he plays this uh, highly skilled horticulturist gardener for this very rich lady who owns, uh, she's a heiress who owns this big, nice estate. She looks after it for him. They, they have, you know, a friendship. Um, she trusts him. Played by Sigourney Weaver, too, so another good actor. But she decides, well, he might need some help. And gets this young girl, this like apprentice, to come in and assist him. And this apprentice starts asking too many questions and finds things out about this gardener that haven't been revealed. He has a double life, a secret history. And that's all I'll say, because the end of it is shocking. You will not see where this story goes. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's really good. Just don't let anyone spoil it for you. Is it scary? Uh, it's he has a very um, questionable, disgraceful background that people don't know about. So it could be considered scary, but I don't want to give it away. Okay. Okay. Sounds a bit more intriguing than uh, Better Homes and Gardens. But, uh... <laughs> well, he knows what he's doing. He, he cuts some beautiful roses and keeps the keeps the lawn beautiful. Uh, okay. But honestly, uh, he has a, has a past that catches up with him. Yeah, like most gardeners. <laughs> uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, 2005, the original movie came out uh, with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. 
Now, I'm surprised it's taken so long. I thought there'd be like a remake or, or a television show before now, but here we are on Prime Amazon, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the television series. I've seen three episodes. Uh, both Donald Glover and Maya Erskine, who play the Brad and Angelina roles, are different, but they're still pretty good. Uh, it's another spy action story of, of an agency who have these two opposites working together and end up, you know, romantically getting involved as well. So it's comedy action, a uh, little different to the movie. You don't really need to watch the movie again to enjoy the series. And um, yeah, it's a time waster, time filler. Jody and Mado, the podcast. Thanks to Shane Bassett. We chat to him each and every week. The monster trucks plus the whole big show coming to town and the man bringing it, his name is Clive. Turns out his son's not exactly following in his footsteps. How did you possibly find a way to become a uh, monster truck driver for a living? Had a fireworks company for years, and then um, one came up for sale. So this would be cool to add to our entertainment. Show societies started with one, then ended up with twelve at one stage there. So, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, been doing them now successfully for the last twenty-five years. Kind of sounds like a gateway. Like you just buy one, and then you're like, "What? Yeah. Now I've got them There's all." Another, one. <laughs> yeah. another monster truck. Now, if people come and see your event, uh, what are they uh, to expect? Oh, well, it's not just a monster truck show. We have the best monster trucks around. Our back thunder is world renowned. It's the longest serving monster truck. It's version number six. Now they're all trucks that are built in America. We've got Tazzy Devil with the world's youngest monster truck driver in as well, Scruffy the Dog. Plus, we we have got jet cars. We've got a a big water pool as well, the Jetpack Entertainment Show as well in there. We've got freestyle motocross. We've got fireworks. You name it. We've got every just um, the rollover cars, stunt cars. It's a huge show. It's, um, I said it's a big family. Anything that's high octane that you can crash, bash, smash or burn, we do it. What sort of license do you need to drive a monster truck? Just a C class. You have, would you believe it or not? You do have to have one nowadays. Uh, we did in the early days, but uh, nowadays you have to uh, have go through a proper training course and everything else, uh, along with all the paperwork. Work health safety is my our main concern. And then, of course, you can get one. But Cassius, who's driving with us now, he started when he was fourteen, and my son started when he both my sons did it when they were younger and started when they were fourteen, and all went on to you know different lives and all that. But they they loved their time in the trucks and. Um, Unfortunately, left me behind. I'm still doing it. Oh, right. Imagine, imagine, imagine having a life when you're a kid and your dad owns a fireworks company <laughs> and twelve monster trucks. And what are they into now? They're both librarians, aren't they? There's, you wouldn't believe uh, one of my sons is one of the heads in the army, and the other one is um, a financial planner. <laughs> <laughs> and I got in trouble at Canberra one year when Jay was 11, uh, 13 years old, put him on the bottom of a stunt car and going through a firewall. <laughs> and he did it for the next three years, and now he's got financial planning businesses all over the country. <laughs> I That's think they hilarious. do. They can get away with it from me and never come back to doing what I do. Yeah. <laughs> your next uh, monster truck has to be called Financial Planner. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just a Camry. And it rips, <laughs> but it rips through like the yearly calendar. <laughs> June 30th. <laughs> rips straight through. Straight through. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Mate, um, it's going to be a great show. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we encourage families to get down there. I think tickets are only about 35 bucks. Um, and you can pick them up from which ticket? Uh, Monster, uh, Monster Truck Promotions Australia dot com, and that's through Eventbrite. Eventbrite, oh, yep. perfect. Yep, know the one, mate. Uh, we will see you out there. Best of luck. Keep safe and have lots of fun. Thanks, lot. Look forward to seeing you. 
Well, that was the week on the Jody and Matho Breakfast Show on 93.5 Triple M. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We put one up each and every Friday after a week of fun and frivolity that we always seem to have. You look after yourself. We'll speak to you next time. Jody and Matho. Anytime you want, I'm on listener. And six to nine weekdays on Dubbo's 93.5 Triple M.